0: Hi, guys, and welcome. This is Jen Gata Siciliano, artist, memoir writer, bipolar psychiatric survivor, and your host of Not As Crazy As You Think podcast, the place that offers an alternative perspective on mental illness, highlighting creativity, non-conventional healing, and breaking on through to the other side. If you are ready for a new narrative on the mental realm that celebrates crazy and cool without penalty, then Not As Crazy As You Think is for you. Hello, y'all. Thank you so much for joining um, my show today. I have a little something different that I'm doing. Um, Basically, I'm wrapping up the season and saying thank you to everybody who's ever come on board and listened in. I so appreciate it. I luckily stumbled into a lot of like awesome things this last month. And it's brought me so much abundance and I just kind of want to share that as I wrap up my season because it's caused me to have to take off like three to four weeks from doing any podcasting whatsoever. But the transition was so special to me that it I feel like it's just propelled me more into, I guess, the the role that this podcasting experience is giving me to play in life as I move forward. Um I'm wrapping up also my the end of my 50th year. The summer is approaching. I'll be turning 51, and I have to say to anybody who's in their 40s and worry about turning 50 at some point, mm, my life began at 50. So I just feel very grateful that this has been such a productive and exciting year. So one night I went to Bedford Playhouse, which is a very cool, hip movie location and they have fans and they have a little bar and a little snack area and it's very cute and they have these talks in response to special films and this particular film i was naturally intrigued by quote cured so cured is this documentary which introduces the LGBTQ activists who refused to accept psychiatry's mental illness label. And they changed history. And the big one that a lot of the psychiatric survivors point to is the 1973 uh, removal of the homosexuality label as a disorder from the DSM uh, during that time. And it was a big, big, big victory. And the movie is incredible because it actually like shows footage and interviews a whole bunch of people who were involved with these meetings where, you know, these people just came on board and broke into the meeting and stood up for their rights and just grabbed the, the microphone and started speaking like, no, I've heard you enough. now you're going to listen to me. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, like what has happened? Like we've all been silenced by drugs because th- that's when the drug movement with psychiatry really took off in the 80s right after that. So it could have went either way. It always ends up in the hands of back into the hands of big pharma or or any kind of like institutional corporate interest level um, involvement. And that's what directed the next however many decades until now where people have been silenced and put on these drugs and lives have been ruined. So Incredible. Um, I went to go see it and they had a talk with the filmmaker, one of the filmmakers after the talk. I'm just so thankful to him that he was interested in working on such a project Um, because many people who have suffered under the mistreatment because of labels, they don't have other people speaking for them. And he was very committed to this uh, journey. His name is Patrick Salmon. So I ended up meeting Vanessa Smith afterwards, who actually ran the talk after the movie was shown. And there were a few other therapists on the panel, and they were all very interesting dealing with, you know, all kinds of, you know, um, gender dysphoria issues. And they had a lot of enlightening stories to offer. So I ended up meeting Vanessa Smith afterwards and introduced myself and told her I was a podcaster and she gave me the opportunity to speak at Let's Talk, which is a series that is funded by Arts Westchester, which, you know, it's great, it's, a, it's like a special grant and they wanna talk about mental illness and 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 things regarding mental illness and mental health, which is obviously my, my strongest message. So I was very lucky and I got to speak with her. I have that video on my website, com. So please go check it out. It's on under the videos tab. I was very proud of it. and I was very happy. I ended up after the conversation, making the decision to say yes to this wonderful opportunity to speak about my own personal lived experience. And I was so lucky because I reached out to see if, Other past guests of mine or people I've worked with in podcasting would like to join me in such a conversation. And Jessica Silverman agreed and she was part of the conversation and she was phenomenal. I was so happy I brought her on and I feel like it was the scariest thing I really ever had to do because it was live. And as most people know, who's who've worked with me on the podcast, my podcast is not live, I produce it. So, you know, if anybody thinks I'm this perfect speaker, it's not the case. You know, I plan and I have the conversation and I often edit at least myself largely. But I, you know, just make sure that it sounds nice. So, I was so thankful to be in the hands of someone else who really, you know, cared for directing that conversation as Vanessa did. And it was it was a very enjoyable experience. Please go check it out and check out Jessica Silverman, who is the host of a live podcast with Jessica Silverman. So, yeah, definitely check it out and check out more of Bedford Playhouse's Let's Talk series that Vanessa Smith facilitates. Um, I was thrilled to be a part of it. And only two days after that, I ended up having an art show, which I had created during the years 2020 and 2021. And I started it during the month of May of 2020. And here it is 2022. And I finally was able to get it into more people's hands. I did these paintings. And you'll hear the story because that's going to be the rest of this podcast. The reason why I had to take a little break is because I ended up getting a new job. As people know, I started the podcast so they could still be creative because I had to give up my personal face and body painting business. So I had dissolved the business, but of course I didn't start stop doing my art. so I worked on these paintings and I speak about these paintings in the next section. but I was just waitressing and actually I love restaurant work it it's been thrilling exciting and it's um, so much fun to be able to say that you can serve and be so happy to do that like there's if you could do that and feel like a king, then like what do you need status? For You know what I mean? Not to say it's not high status to be a waitress. I mean, it's honorable. But the thing is, if you have to pick up people's napkins and straws, like during COVID, it teaches you a lot. And I feel very proud of that for those lessons. I was a regular dedicated worker at a local burger joint, of <laughs> no less. The Burger Barn, shout out to the Burger Barn in Somers, New York. And I uh, was there for two and a half years through COVID. Well, I did my podcast. I'm still trying to get the books sold. And basically, I had taught for 15 years before I had my child. And I said, you know what? I loved the kids. So I got the opportunity to get a job with Marquee Studios, which is like this nonprofit organization for the arts in New York City. So it's such a joy because I got five different... Schools that I teach, and they're all throughout the Bronx and Queens. Um, It's so much fun, you know, to be able to to let my my words seep into their their brains, you know, ever so gently. About shape and line and color, and think of it like this, and maybe you can do it this way. And how about this? And what does this mean to you through color? It's so exciting and fun, and to see the light bulbs go off. And also, one of the things I'm always reminding these kids of is it doesn't have to be perfect. It's so true. And as I'm telling them, I'm reminding myself, I'm like, oh, art doesn't have to be perfect. You know, because sometimes we get perfectionistic because we were the best artists in our art classes. And we're like, oh, my gosh, we have to show that, you know, in life we have to always do our best as artists. But what I notice and when I teach the kids, the ones who are loosening up with it and they don't judge themselves as much, they usually come away with a really powerful result. So I'm learning from them. So that's what's great because my day is filled with smiles about doing art, not just... You know, getting excited about me doing art on their face and they could walk away. But then it comes off by the end. They're, they're creating like memories, you know, with, with how they're creating their own art. That, what does that mean to them and how exciting that is? It's so much fun to watch. I'm having a ball. I have so many different kids I'm teaching so I'm thrilled to be back. However, it's taken a lot of my time because I had to do a lot of unit plans and lesson plans and just the timing of all these other activities like the Let's Talk series and this art show that I was also given the opportunity to do. It's just been kind of overwhelming. and I just could not like carry it all. So I am going to allow the rest of the um, podcast to speak for itself. I am allowing you to listen to an audio that we took. It's not great quality. So if you feel like you can't get through like, you know, five minutes of it, just listen to however long you want. It is also on YouTube in the full audio visual of it, where I actually talk about the paintings and also you'll see the paintings. So that's something you could also go to in my YouTube channel and check that out. But I wanted to just, like, kind of let you see kind of what I've been working on. And as the summer is approaching, I'm just really excited to be taking, like, my first, like, teaching artist summer again after, like, 13 years (laughs) of face painting and waitressing, bringing out cold beers for everybody outside, you know, on a big tray. I mean, like, it's nice, to step back into what really I spent a lot of money on an education for. But I'm really a lot happier teaching art because I could still do what I need to do, which is to speak to the people about things that I care about and write and about those things and record it through symbols through my painting. So I hope you enjoy this next segment. Um, as I said, I've taken a few weeks off. I'm going to take Next week off as well. So, next season four will be starting on Saturday, 10 p.m., on May 21st. So, psyched, psyched, psyched. Thank you so much for listening. The first part of the next segment that you're going to be listening to. Starts with Wilfredo Morrell, and he is the vice president of immigrant health at Sun River Health Foundation. He's an amazing individual, incredible artist, um, and a very just inspiring person. I'm so thrilled to have met. Um, He gave me an opportunity to show my work at Sun River Health Clinic. Healthcare center in Peekskill, New York, which is a beautiful space. It's an unbelievable, unbelievably huge room with brick walls, where people come in and out, and they sit, you know, in their center and get what they need. And in terms of vaccinations, people coming in and out of there. I just I can't even believe my work is there. It's very thrilling. And some of it I felt was a little politically charged and, you know, it might push people's buttons, but overall what I did try to capture is the essence of what COVID meant to me. So the show is called COVID Nation and Wilfredo begins speaking. He uh, introduces a little bit about what the building represents and what that space is trying to do. Sun River Health. And then I speak about the paintings. And it gets cut off on, like, the seventh painting out of the eight painting series. So, but I just kind of wanted to give you a glimpse. And again, you're going to hear, like, trucks going by in the background. This There was no PA system. This is, like, totally off of my camera. But I just wanted to share, like, some of these symbols so that if you feel like checking it out on YouTube, you have, like, a few spots you could listen to it, like, in the car or whatever. So, and then, like, check out the... the You could also, if you listen to this in the car and just like words about what I say about it, there's still the story behind the paintings. So you can certainly check out also um, my website, Uh, again, um, j e n g a i t a s i c i l i a n o J-E-N-G-A-I-T-A-S-I-C-I-L-I-A-N-O.com. Check out my website, see what's there. I have lots of, you know, my art, my body painting, stuff about my book, videos. So, yeah, check it out. And also sign up for the newsletter. Okay, go when you go to my website, sign up for the newsletter so I can put you on my list. Okay, I'm going to start doing mailings after the sum during the summer. So check it out and I'll see you for season four on May 21st, Saturday at 10 p.m.
1: maybe 50 years ago we decided basically that there are four people in Westchester in the richest county in New York or in the country whatever but the bottom line was that, the government said was Jester? there's no poor people there, (laughs) and some years ago they said no, we do, but guess what, more important is that in order for us to seek health, we have to go to Valhalla, and transportation in those days, we're talking about the 1960s folks, and the 1970s, so from here, from Peepskill, you will have to, to, the only way to seek Healthcare, you needed to go to Valhalla, to Grassland, as they mentioned. And they said, Well, what about community health center? And when we talk about community health center, it is a word that very, very much can be confusing because when we talk about health centers, then we're talking about poor people. Then we're talking about people who are, and that's the perception that we had given to that. Where indeed, it is a place where you can basically receive help. Is it like a clinic? Thank you. Okay. And, and be careful because when we talk about clinics, depending on the country that you come from, yeah. clinics is something private. In my mm-hmm. island, mm-hmm. <laughs> community health center, well, it is either hospital or half of clinics, and clinic is something that only people with money goes or people with no. And this no. is that, we talk I about different. A it's clinic like, is like. <laughs> Oh, yeah. In my culture. My yeah, culture, yeah. yes. I'm not talking about Every here. In a community place yeah. like this. Exactly. Yeah. So here, as a community health center, it was extremely important that bringing access to health care to the community was imperative. But the other piece about it was about how well you how well we can bring wellness to people. And that part was through the music, through the arts, through the coming together. And I think it was maybe about 30 years ago, which is how long I've been here, maybe 32, where the city of Pikstall started to call an artist. It was a huge call to the artist in the city of pisco And because Piksto wasn't like what it is right now, folks, it was a challenge. It was there was a lot of activity happening here. But the art was basically the way to bring a stimulant to this community. It was a way to bring economic, you know, econ- uh, economic growth. And what did we do? We said, okay, if we're going to have that, we still have to remember in bringing everyone together. And that's basically And, and one thing that brings that is the art space. Whether it's the music, whether it's the dance, whether it's the color. And I think that arts is another form for individuals like ourselves to exercise, basically, the, the, you know, the what we bring and the what we have. Um, Jen, Jennifer, um, was, uh, is an artist that I met through a musician who came and said, hey Wilfred, I want to connect you with someone. And what I heard is that this artist is not just a visual artist, but it's an artist who do body paint. <laughs> and I was like, how does that work? Tell me that she's not using canvas. No, 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 no. no. She goes and she uses this color and, 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 and said, but it's a situation uh, that the work that she's creating, she basically is transferring into something different. And that was when I said, I want to talk to this person. And that was last year, I believe. So when we met, she said, You know, Alfredo, the situation that I have was that COVID was something that affected us all. So talking about needing, having the need basically to have a body where you can definitely tell the story and social distancing folks was one of the biggest issues. So as artists, very much we, all, we always have to find a way as to how we're going to do it. So Jane came and she said, you know what, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to bring something, but my theme is combination. And again, to this day, it is very, very hard for us to even face that because we even forgot twenty twenty. I don't know how many of you know it like it was like one year, people are saying one year went, and I don't know where it went because we were so busy and so unfortunately under under the under, you know the spell of this thing that we call COVID. So I would like to bring the artist who is going to tell the story. But not only the story about the techniques that she has been using, but also about the story in terms of how the subject came to life. Yeah. I'm not I'm. Thank,
0: you Thank you so much for coming. I can't believe so many of you have, have come to, to see what I've done. And it means so much to me because, you know, as an artist, uh, if we don't get them seen, they just sit in our houses. So it's nice to be able to bring it into the community because that's the whole point, right? We want to create the symbols and put them down on on some kind of medium so that we can share our ideas. So thank you so much for coming. Um, So I had I was always a painter and, um, you know, I studied it in school and everything and I went on to teach. But when my son was born, I decided to create a face and body painting business. So I was like this local, you know, face painter, and at all the fairs, and I was known for that throughout Westchester, and even in the city. So, but when COVID hit, it was like, oh my gosh, that's my livelihood. You know, I'm one of these people that's losing my business. Um, What am I going to do? It's now illegal to touch people, so I definitely can't do that. The nature of what I did was so intimate, and really like, you know, I was just in everybody's space. It was an impossibility. So, when I um, felt the urge to create, I said, I have to go to 2D work again. I have to bring, you know, get some canvases out. Problem is, I didn't have any canvases, and I didn't want to buy any canvases. So, I was like, okay, what do I do? I have to just, you know, let's get real, let's see what I have, and look at the material that I have around me. So, what you see is uh, basically all of many of my um, signage. It's signage from my face painting set. Um, so, this first one here, I really want to point this out because if you and I showed sure of this when I was putting it up, if you turn it around, you'll see that the back of it is a chalkboard, and the chalkboard was used at my face painting tent where I would put make all the kids put their names on it and so everyone knew where they were in order without having to stand in line so the parents just thought this was genius right but that's not for sale because it's so meaningful to me because it was my first piece and I said oh my gosh like I have to decide am I going to apply paint to this because if I apply paint to this and I can't use it anymore and I'm definitely giving up my business and I said you know what I think I'm gonna go in that direction because this is too important. I need to record my feelings about what's going on. I'm from New Rochelle. So when it was coming in and everyone was saying, oh my gosh, it's from New Rochelle, it's coming in, I was like, oh my God, you know. I um at the time with COVID, my son was sick when it, it it broke out in March. And he was very sick. He had all the coronavirus tests, but not COVID-19 tests. It wasn't allowed. The state wouldn't allowed. Remember, we had these short in tests. So uh, we were approved by uh, Albany to go get this test in New Rochelle. And when we went down, that's when it hit me. And I think it hit me earlier than many people in during the COVID experience because I saw that you know the National Guard was in New Rochelle, my hometown. And I saw that there were hazmat suits, and there was caution yellow tape, and I was like, "They know something that we don't know," you know. And it was on—I remember it was on March 17th, Day. Um, so after this whole experience, I was like, "Oh my God," you know. Like, he ended up being fine, by the way. He didn't have coronavirus. It was kind of like an, uh, uh, an uh, <coughs> it was asthma that kicked in. But what this was all about for me was really trying to say, "Hey," you know. Let's move past this. Look who the warriors are on the front line. That's what this is called, the front line. These are the people that were bringing, you know, really the the war to the streets with making sure that people were able to get in and out of these hospitals. I had such compassion for them. And again, the hot Z, the hot zone, is New York So that's my whole mm-hmm. thing with that. The second piece, if you see, I don't know if you can notice, this grommet. And again, like these were pieces that were just hanging in my tent, and each one of them had a bunch of like 8x10 pictures of all the different face painting designs that I would do. And I was like, well, now it's gonna be something else. And um, and again, applying the body paint to these cam- canvases, at first I was like, well, it's not gonna be long term. I know that you know at some point this is gonna disintegrate. And then when I realized that pieces started developing more and more, I said, you know what? I'm going to have to just cover it, you know, let me just put the plexiglass on and preserve it. So it is preserved with the plexiglass and the fixative, but it's certainly not, it's not acrylic and it's not, it's permanent. And I kind of like that feeling too, that sense of like, oh, it's a little fragile, so it holds a fragile part of our, our history. Um, so this, this is called um, subportrait portrait Census 2020, it's on American from New York. At the time, I was getting all these, you know, oh, you got to uh, do the census, and everything. And I was like, I, I just, you know, don't really care about that, I, you know, I'm worried about, like, people surviving. So, um, but I started realizing the idea of the census is to make sure everybody's counted. So maybe I should count for something, you know, since so many of us weren't going to be counted this year because people were dying. So um, basically, that's just my uh, self portrait, really, and what, what it means to me. You know, uh, the Italian flag, of course, New York. New York meant everything to me during my career as a face paint painter and body painter. I was always down there, I was known in the body painting community down there. So to know that I couldn't go down there because the streets were empty so that the the ambulances could get to in front of the hospitals, it just blew my mind. Um, So that particular, this particular symbolism, I don't know if everybody remembers, but I used to watch, you know, back in the day when everybody liked it, Governor Cuomo doing his, you know, delivery of all the people dying and those those things, they went higher and higher, those charts. And I was just like every day crying, you know, hysterically. (laughs) So that's really just capturing that. Uh, in, in that symbolism. This piece is vacay PPE. We know what was going on with the, the PPE shortage and why that was, you know, uh, occurring it was because a lot of the money that should have been put towards that was being, you know, redistributed so that big business was still protected. So yes, we, it seemed like it was so much even more important to make sure that we preserve the airlines and the bailout and everything rather than take care of the people who were on again the front lines taking care of everybody else so this was a big piece for me Um, again this material is all from my tent like this is like a a two-piece thing that like pulls out it's just i basically needed to get the information out there and i think what i wanted to communicate most was that you know what if you have anything and i tell this to the kids i teach now i'm teaching art in the city again um, If you have any material, anything can be used to create art and to create a message and to to translate (coughs) symbols. So that's really the only thing that I could do was like somehow get it all out and I was able to do that just with the stuff I have in my house. And again, materials are, you know, I managed to preserve it with the plexiglass. But, you know, to me it's just a little snippet of history because it was about just using my own resources. I didn't know if I was, when I was going to be able to get off unemployment. You know, I was just happy that it was, I had such a thing. Um, this piece, Age of COVID, this was really a response. This is when I started responding through my art um, to people on social media because there was a lot of talk about everything. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of the symbols here. If you see, like, everybody was trying to do Zoom at the time, we didn't know what that was. We have uh, the Facebook fights, you know, who was on the side of the safe, I was on the side of the stay safe. Others wanted to go right back to work. I had go I was going back and forth. A friend, I was working at the Birke barn at the time, a friend of mine is from a barn here, or not anymore, but we used to work together. And I remember coming to, to work thinking, Oh my God, these people drive me crazy. The only thing I could do is get home right away and finish that painting. Because I needed to get it out. So um this was just my a, a way to kind of like you know, almost capsu- encapsulate what this was going on in terms of like the comic strip. is the best thing I could do in terms of because it seemed like it was just you know almost like a comedy, but it was a tragedy at the same time. Um, and so I tried to record what I could with what was being stated at the time. There was you know at the time we were CDC. We didn't want to hear what they had to say. People worried about haircuts. Um, at the same time, we couldn't be in. Uh, the Olympics, but America was in the lead with the vets
1: stuck down. Yeah, I, when I first saw this, first saw the first one all, haircuts, I said, I'm not cutting my hair, I'm not going to shave my beard until they find a cure. Yeah, and like, I said, this is what, uh, February? So by September, I was like, I gotta get a haircut. Uh, <laughs> People thought I was like, looking at my beard, I looked like uh, Jerry Garcia. I so I said, yeah, I'm Jerry Garcia. So and when I first saw this painting, I said, oh wow, it looks like sweets you know, there's pizza, you know, and then it's, oh, no, it's a
0: comic Okay. character. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it could be that too, right? Yeah, yeah, but it has the comic yeah, yeah. yeah. I used to work for Archie Comics, so they were, like, kind of lying around my house, and I'm thinking, oh my god, there's a way. There's a way to communicate this, right? I mean, it has to be done. Um, now, this is a little political. Uh, it really, it doesn't matter where you stand. You know, I'm friends with everybody in every uh, arena in terms of politics. Um, in fact, again, this was like kind of a response to some friends who I was going back and forth with on Facebook. By the way, I'm no longer on Facebook. I deleted my account after 2020, so uh, it was it was a, a telling experience. I'm still on other social media platforms, but I just found it to be like um, you know, I it was very hard on my mental health, and I needed to let it go. Um, but again, the only way I could record my feelings was to just try to capture of uh, it try to capture the symbols of what I saw, and um, to not go into this that much, you go peruse on, on your own if you'd like, but you know, um, the dates are important to me, because this was created, he was, uh, uh, Trump had said this on um, November 7th, I recorded it on December 6th, it took me like a day, like a full, probably about 12 hours to, to do. Uh, the thing about the, the paintings, I tried to complete them between like 10 and 15 hours, like straight, because that's how we did the body painting. Because you can't have a model standing for more than eight hours. So it's, it was me trying to commit to, to using the, the paint in the way it was supposed to be used. Um, so I tried to do that. And, and the funny thing is, in me doing that, only a month later, we had the insurrection. So I thought you know, it was pretty telling that. Um, it, was, it was great to be able to record it real time and then have it stand for something. And that's where I come to this painting um, because the power of the dream, you know, I'm gonna talk about this one first. Um, You know, I mean, I tried to record it in symbols as best as I could. I don't even know if I have to say much about it. We all know what happens. Um, It was excruciatingly painful for me to see the Confederate flag in the Rotunda of the Capitol. Um, It's something I never thought I would ever see in this lifetime. And I saw it, and proudly so. And again, I had friends and comments on Facebook, like as if it was nothing. And I said, you know what? It is something, and it's wrong, and it's real bad. That we're in 2021 at the time, and this is part of the backdrop of our culture. It's just not. It wasn't acceptable to me, Um, and because that's what it means. Okay, the Confederate flag. That's what that means to me. Um, the If I say it out loud, and that there were so many people fighting for their rights at the time, representing all different areas of the community, and I was trying to, to communicate that. And if anything that really, what really spoke to me personally was Amanda Gorman. She was the person who uh, was the poet who read her beautiful poem um, on that day of um, during the, uh, excuse me, the inauguration. And if only we were brave enough to see it, if only we were brave enough to be it. So to me, it's like she brought so much hope to that day, because I was saying to myself, you know what, like look at all this, and and, and through it all, all you really need is that, that little feeling of hope, that things can get better, that our culture can overcome these obstacles. Uh, action has to come behind these words, of course, by people who are leaders in our community, but at the same time, I feel like it was the only way we were going to get through is to have those people, you know, save grace words uh, from uh, the uh. inside. Thanks for listening to Not As Crazy As You Think, and don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel. And remember, mental health is attainable for anyone, especially those labeled with mental illness. Until next time, peace out.